your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. It's going to be a Mayor Monday, first uh, Monday before the Thursday City Council meeting. That's how we determine when Mayor Tim Cabot comes on. Uh, how's it going, Mr. Cabot? Not too bad. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm all right. I just saw, I saw so somebody just texted this to me. Did somebody paint over the Pettibone Park sign? Uh, I have no idea. Okay, so I, I, I literally just seen a text. It looks like it came in an hour hour ago, um, and I just sent it out to our news people and said, "Is this real?" Um, and and like uh, an old man, I I copy and pasted it, and I I sent it to them, and I sent it to him four times. So there's four pictures. Sorry, news team. Um, so it looks like I, 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 I don't know how to use the computer. Uh, 608-785-7914, the talk and text line if anyone wants to get in here. If anyone wants to confirm that that is, in fact, real, too, feel free to do that. Uh, Mayor Tim Cabot's in with me. That, did you go to – I know you were at the protest that I went to last week. Did you go to Saturday's protest? I think it was Saturday. Uh, no, I did not. Or maybe it was uh, – I believe it was, was it Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I believe it was Sunday afternoon. Um. Surprised at all that this continues, even in the cross. I feel like sometimes, uh, you know, maybe I feel like it's surprising that this is. I, I think that's five protests now we've had in lacrosse, and this is has been sustained. And um, and you you got to keep keep working and and kind of uh, you know having answers for for some of this stuff. Uh, are you surprised at all that this has continued? Uh, not not particularly. I think this this just feels a, a bit different. Uh, whether you're watching what's going on nationally or across our state or even here locally, it just uh, it, it's a different uh, kind of atmosphere. And I'm I'm thankful, you know, we've been able to have now what five protests and marches here in Lacrosse that have been all relatively safe, which has been positive. But I don't see uh, folks, you know, there I don't see that relenting. I think there's. Uh, a very um, strong desire for change, and, and we're working on some of those changes. Uh, you know, some of it's been started, and, and obviously, over the next weeks and months, there'll be more of that uh, coming. You know, coming forward. How much of this has been eye-opening for you uh, as a mayor? And, and I'm sure you've heard maybe bits and pieces. Just being at that protest the other day and listening to some of the speakers that I that I heard. Uh, at Riverside Park, I was like, wow, you know what? It's just one of them things I would have never thought about. Even like the the student at Logan saying how she was called the N-word and, you know, go back to the plant. Real racist things that, that our students are being being called. And, and I don't know if there's any ever been disciplinary action at schools or if schools address that in, in some way or another. But was any of that surprising to you? I don't know if I'd say surprising, but it was obviously very uh very emotional and very hurtful to hear that there that those you know that that's happening to people in our community and especially our young people who uh, you know several of the examples were uh, related to people who were coming to lacrosse for you know a better life for for just better opportunities and uh, for them to share some of the terrible things uh, again was very eye-opening and and you know we all were listening and trying to understand but uh, just very sad so i mean it's clear that we have work to do that is for sure uh you guys put out a statement 
over the weekend, the, the the mayor's office, and obviously you're included in that, and you, and then you had uh, uh, answered, I guess, five questions that that were kind of brought up at the the second to last protest that's happened in Lacrosse, and we can get into all that, but the but just the the idea that you're you're making changes here, we're we're still dealing with a global pandemic. Has has have you get, gotten any sleep at all, or is, is, has your job ever been harder? I would I would say that uh, to answer the last question, I, probably not. I think you know the combination of all these things um, has been very challenging, and and no, there's not a lot of sleep going on right now. So it's it is uh, uh, you know we're we're all trying to work on this and face these things together as people here in our community, and and we do have a very resilient and um, you know just strong community that is really trying to to see this change, but. I know that there's a lot of people around that you can tell they're very tired and we're trying to, um, you know, seize the momentum and really work towards actions rather than just the the same old, same old. We tried to tell that to the group on Wednesday that um, it's easy to be cynical at, at times like this because many have been down these roads and have had these discussions before only to, you know, not see much happen. This time, again, I think is just different because of what's going on across our whole country. So we're we're hoping that people don't give in a cynicism, that they actually remain hopeful and realize that uh, this is going to take, you know, work and, and be incremental in how we try to improve here on the cross. Yeah, just a, it, we're having a little bit different of a conversation this summer than maybe every other summer, you know, that since I've been doing Ever. this show. Uh, in that we're just, you know, all we could complain about before was fix the roads. So, um, all right, we're going to we're gonna break for news for just a minute. We'll, we'll continue. We'll get into this a little bit with Mayor Tim Cabot after this right here on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, 608-785-7914, the talk and text line. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot uh, on with us. So if you got a question for the mayor, Obviously, we're we're right in the thick of uh, you know the the world essentially protesting uh, for Black Lives Matter. Essentially, is, is probably the easiest way to put that, and and it's even happening in lacrosse, which some people I think are surprised by. And you know, Mira, just like a couple of white guys talking about Black Lives Matter is is kind of a weird conversation for me to have with you. But I will say that you are, of course, the mayor. You're representing the city. You're representing you know the entire population here. And and you have had some some have you had some pretty eye opening conversations or or is this you know or, or just the the idea that wow I, I didn't know you know or I don't know were you I guess have have you had a lot more conversations about this stuff lately? We have both as you know with individuals and then as a part of our human rights commission and some other groups really trying to address the action steps and what comes next. So a couple things that we're trying to work on is. Um, a, a virtual town hall that we're looking to schedule with uh, folks from our Human Rights Commission and from the uh, the Black leadership here, uh, the group, uh, the Black leaders acquiring collective knowledge, as well as our chief and, and others to talk about uh, policing here in La Crosse, uh, and then the possibility of, of perhaps some other virtual town halls that would deal with uh, more systemic issues when it comes to either housing or job opportunities, um, 
you know, and just some of our institutional questions as well. So uh, we're we're working on that. I'm I'm hoping that like with this within this week or maybe by early next, we will make some announcements on uh, ways to try to engage the public. That that you know, with the the COVID nineteen pandemic still going on, it makes large gatherings trying to plan those very difficult. So we'll we'll be looking at doing something virtually, at least initially, and then maybe as the summer goes on, we'd, we'd be able to have more in-person type of, of conversations. But that's that's been one thing that's been uh, burning up a lot of time and attention here, really, as far as just these next steps and uh, where do we go from here. Yeah, the, and obviously uh, this all stems around what happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis with the Minneapolis police, and, and big changes have been coming, uh, it looks like, with the Minneapolis Police Department. Have you have you heard of problems with the Lacrosse Police Department in that you know what we or or maybe just the way things are run there that that maybe puts uh, black people you know under the spotlight a little differently? Have, have any of those come to light? Well, I, I do think that anytime there have been issues, the the department really has done a, a good job of stepping up and trying to address those issues when it comes to officers. I. Uh, you know, I'm I'm I, I'm also getting you know those same notices from people that want to defund the police department, that want to see our school resource officer program in the schools go away. I mean, so there are a lot of uh, emotions and a lot of demands right now. And again, we are trying to sort through those. I've been telling folks that you know I do not support uh, the the defunding movement. I think. Uh, our community policing program especially has been integral in our neighborhood revitalization efforts and it's been a big part of that um, you know so we're, we're 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 getting a lot of input and, and as I said earlier we're, we're really trying to determine some of those best next steps to uh, engage people so that we can be productive and, and take action rather than uh, rather than not, because I, I think that's what people are really clamoring for is some real change. So the other thing that we have talked about is the formation of a citizen's advisory board that would help uh, really do, uh, because a lot of the, the uh, at least here in lacrosse, the, the themes have been focused on training. It's been focused on the policing standards, whether that's, you know, the de-escalation standards, the use of force, uh, how those things happen, uh, along with um, uh, you know uh, accountability if there are if there is a problem or if there is a report of misconduct. So we are uh, doing uh, putting together some legislation for the Common Council to consider here, hopefully soon, that would form a citizen advisory board that could uh, play a role in working with the community and with the police department and other you know key partners to look at. Uh, assessing the, the training, the types of training, and, and you know just how effective that is, uh, being able to offer more and uh, uh, just better training when it comes to uh, whether it's uh, the some of the uh, cultural bias issues or you know what we're seeing here uh, all across the country today. So I think that's been one of the pieces that we've been looking at. I think the other uh, review of the policing standards when it comes to the eight can't wait. Uh, that's a campaign that's going on right now, uh, and again, focused on things like de-escalation and, and trying to use force as a last resort. You know, I'm I'm happy to report that our police department. I mean, they are already doing many of those things, 
Uh, they do almost everything in their power to de-escalate and to use force as a last resort. Uh, but but to have citizen, you know, part of it is as well as education and understanding of what our current practices are, you know, to shed a light on that as well as uh, uh, as well as to look for ways to improve. Yeah, yeah. The the city put out, uh, I, I guess, kind of kind of two two pages on the website, and one leads to the other. But you end up on the uh, the transparency and policing page, and it has things like calls for service, use of force reports from the last two years. Uh, training reports, budget, and overtime. Um, I don't know. Did, if, if, with, with these pages going live, have you gotten a lo- any any feedback from from people of, upon seeing some of this stuff? Well, I think I have not directly, but I think uh, generally what folks have said is they'd like to understand how the the eight can't wait campaign, how that really matches up with our current policies and if our current policies need to be. Uh, amended or or changed at all to uh, to really follow the you know kind of the latest and greatest in policing standards. So that's generally what I've been hearing, but I have not heard directly on on the uh, input for the transparency pages yet. Okay, uh, we're gonna go to the phones here real quick. Um, a couple of people waiting. I think Kent has has been waiting. Kent was first here. Kent, you're on with Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot. Did you have a question for him? Yeah. Hey, Rick. Hey, Mayor. How you guys doing today? Good. Good. Hey, uh, you know, I I subside with you know with what happened to uh, this George Floyd Floyd and uh, police situation up there in the cities and stuff. And there, you know, like the mayor said, there's a lot of good people that come up here from Milwaukee and Chicago and restart their lives and work. And I met a young man at Festival Foods a couple months ago. He's uh, African American. Works at the brewery overnight. He, he was in line. I said, Hey, how you doing? I was picking up some milk and cereal for his two kids in the morning, and you know great people but then there's a lot of people that come up here from milwaukee chicago that get in trouble they go down and get arrested for meth and crack and pot and drug sales and then ramona gonzalez lets them out of jail on a 500 signature bond and then the next day they're out of jail and they're caught in trampolo county doing the same crap i'd like to know what the mayor's going to do about that well i think the criminal, the criminal justice piece, as I talked about earlier, um, uh, as far as doing some virtual town halls to get people's inputs and reaction, uh, the, the courts would definitely be a part of that because that they, they do have a very significant role to play. And I think that the judges get, you know, their decisions right probably 80 or 90 percent of the time. Uh, but there are some high-profile cases where, even I uh, can't believe it or I scratch my head at, at some of the, the decisions on bonding or, or whatever that get made. Um, the, you know, our police department has reached out to the judges to talk about that. There's been efforts at the Criminal Justice Management Council, which meets every month to talk about uh, these, uh, these standards. I mean, the, the challenges become these are elected officials. The judges are elected officials. So, you know, just like myself, ultimately, uh, people are held accountable uh, when it comes time for uh, those elections. So, you know, the community uh, really has a role to play in uh, getting out and voting for these local elections. That, that's something else that I talked about uh, at the uh, at the march on last Wednesday was uh, the, you know, the November 3rd election. Everybody's got that in their mind because that's the presidential election and everybody pays attention to that. But the elections next February and next April 
are just as, if not more important when it comes to the health and vitality of our communities, because those are lo- local elections that elect mayors and city councils and county boards and school boards and all that. So, uh, you know, I just like a lot of people, you know, uh, react to some of those decisions by the judges and can't believe it. But the only way we can move forward is to keep dialogue going and, and keep working to try to understand, um, you know, just how we can work together as a community. And we'll say uh, Tim Grinke, the Lacrosse County District Attorney. He's been on the show before, and he's talked about how a lot of that. You say eighty, ninety percent, and it might even be it might be that it might even be one percent or two percent, where we only focus on the one person that you know maybe shouldn't have gotten a bond or a bail or whatever, and then the you know uh, ninety nine other people we're not going to worry about because like they like there was no news that happened from that. And I, I just want to say that Tim Grinke will be on with me tomorrow, and we're going to talk. Not so much about that, but it's kind of the same lines of, of uh, policing and, and uh, just uh, systemic racism in, in terms of uh, what's going on. Uh, I think Tim's pretty passionate about some of this. But again, a couple of white guys talking about it. So um, back to the phones here. Caller, you're on the air with Mayor Tim Cabot. Who is this? Hello? Yeah, you're on the, with Mayor. Who is this? Yeah, yeah. this is Shannon. Yeah, hey, Shannon. I just um, wanted to talk to Tim, you know, I'm understanding by you being at the protest that you're supporting people being coming up in person and you're disregarding social distancing by supporting the protest. Am I correct in saying that? Well, it's a challenge. Uh, I really tried to practice good social distancing when I was there with the crowd, and I think for the most part that helped or or I was able to do that. But there are times when uh, folks uh, just, you know, through, uh, through having interactions with that many people around, um, they do get in, you know, within six feet of you. Uh, there were quite a few folks wearing masks that I saw as a part of the protest. I mean, I, there were, I think the majority of people had masks on, and, and folks are, are really trying to follow that. But, you know, it, it is a challenge. I, that, that's all I can well, say. My, my point for asking that is I feel like I'm – not getting represented not by not being able to get into a city council meeting, a county board meeting. I think that since we did all this, and obviously you clearly think it's important for the city and the people to express their voice, we need to open up the city back up and put on some masks if you have to. But I really am missing the interaction. I think it's important. It's Obviously, you support the interaction. I think everybody is in agreement. They all support the interaction. I think we just need to, like, open the city. I mean, what do you think? Well, we have had our public meetings open for people that want to come and appear in person. That is something all through the pandemic that we have uh, that we've made available because uh, there are certain decisions that the city makes every month that requires a public hearing, and we just felt like we could not prevent or should not prevent people from appearing in person because there are some folks that either they don't have access to the internet or aren't able to do live stream or, or whatever. So uh, that, that has been all along. Um, we do have our council chambers uh, modified so that people have to sit, you know, at least six feet apart. We ask people to wear masks, but we have still been open when it comes to our public hearings and the actions of the city council. We talked today about possibly reopening those meetings in July uh, for the for the July cycle, so it is something to consider, and I and I would agree. I think the 
the democratic process is absolutely critical, and that's really what uh, what these last uh, couple of weeks have all been about. So I, I'm in favor of, of working on this incrementally and trying to keep people safe. Uh, we got a break um, for, for news, Tim, but I will say, uh, what about doing, like, uh, you got that nice new bandstand that's going to open, and it's pretty nice out usually on Thursdays, so like about 5, what, 6 p.m. Those, those meetings start? Why don't we just have outdoor meetings and you can, you know, block off every other other you know, area of the, of the, uh, the stands there and whatnot. Well, we're, we're challenged even for outdoor gatherings because the, both the local and the state health metrics to measure the guidelines and, and gateway into, you know, moving on to the next phase and allowing for, uh, more interactions with groups still shows us as being high risk. So that's why we haven't been able to move forward on moon tunes and some of those other events because, we're still on, under a high risk for, for the COVID-19. And would you say that, the, are you doing more, is, is it maybe easier to, or do, are there more avenues to check out city council meetings than there were before pandemic? There, I think there is. I mean, it, it allows for more participation, but I would agree with uh, the caller in that um, it, there is something that's kind of lost with ha- without, you know, with having an issue where there's a lar- large group in the council chambers who are passionate, you know, and wanting to, to advocate for for a position, so that that part is I, I do miss that for sure. Uh, but we're you know I think it's a matter of time as as we continue to hopefully uh, you know keep incrementally uh, opening things up. Sure. All right, we're gonna break for Scott's comment and news. We'll be back with Mayor Tim Cabot after this. I'm with him. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, the lines are full, but I think it puts you on hold. Until the line opens up, so feel free to uh, call 608-785-7914. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot in here. And Tim, I'm just going to go right to the phones because everyone's been waiting patiently. Uh, Mike Mike has been waiting. He's first in line here. Mike? Mike? Yeah, I'm just curious. Since uh, all these things are guidelines as far as social distancing, the 10 people in a crowd, all these are guidelines. So my question is, what can or will the police do to enforce these guidelines? They are not law. Unless they go through the legislature, they are not law. It, it, it's a governor's order. What, what or if I choose to not follow this, will I be arrested? All right. Well, I'll, Mike, you'll have to listen uh, on the radio. Mike's going through a car wash, literally. He told me that right before he called. Uh, so, Tim, yeah, you got an answer for him? Oh, wait. Nothing. Uh, Tim, start over. Um, I'm sorry. Tim, can you start over? I I, uh, I didn't pot sure. you up. Go ahead. Yeah, I would just say there, the order, there is no order in place, so there there is no rule and no restrictions. So so people are free to do whatever they feel is is, is good from a, from a health and safety perspective as an individual. Um, so, you know, we, we try to still work with, we are working with the county health department and, and trying to encourage people to still practice the, the same things that we were doing, you know, back in March and April, uh, when, when this all hit to try to limit the exposure and the spread of the coronavirus, but there is no rule in place. So there, there are no tickets. The, the police department is not going to be arresting anybody for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think uh, even before that, the police uh, had Sean Kudron on. He said it, they, what they were doing was kind of explaining to people, giving a, giving them a talking to. I don't even know if they were doing it harshly, just like, hey, we're we're trying to abide by these social distancing rules. Can you please, 
you know, disperse when when that did right. take place. Um, all right, so we'll go back to the That's phones. Right. Eric from Sparta wants to call and talk to the city of La Crosse mayor. Eric, you're on. Go ahead. Yeah, first of all, it's physical distancing, not social distancing. All right, thanks a lot, Eric. Uh, all right, Bob's been waiting. Bob, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, um, a couple questions quick. Um, uh, mayor Cabot, um, okay, so I, I understand that any restaurant, any bar, any church, Anybody can, they can have as many people in there. They're not restricted. They're, they're able to have as many people in there as they want. That, that's correct. That's correct? Okay. Um, just one more question. Um, I think, um, as mayor of La Crosse, I think you um, should have a press conference where you and your wife apologize to the city for, for bad behavior during a press, press conference during a protest downtown. I think we deserve an apology. All right. Thanks, Bob. Uh, number three has been waiting. Number three, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, I just heard my question answered. I was going to ask about how people can congregate down at Cameron Park, but I guess there's nothing we can do about it. Where your homeless people are going now, sleeping down there, eating all day long, sleeping all night. Yeah, I, I, I would assume that, Mayor, I don't know, do you have an answer there? So let me let me take up the you know those issues. So the I mean the uh, the folks that are that may be homeless and, and staying outside, um, we are still working with our partners like we have been all along to try to work with people that want to get into permanent housing and offer those resources that are available. Um, the, you know those are city parks and, and people are allowed to sit on a bench and, you know, have a meal uh, if they are doing things that are, you know, not legal or, or things that are an issue, you know, the police department will, will, uh, will reach out and, and obviously work with, uh, work with that to, to address those situations. And, and that has not changed. Um, the, you know, as far as the social distancing, you know, again, there, there are no restrictions. The, the bars and restaurants and businesses are all uh, utilizing what they feel is best for their employees and their customers to, um, uh, you know, to to do what they feel is going to protect the public health. So, you know, so they're so they're doing it. And I, and I would just say, as far as any type of public apology goes, I will say this: I think the um, you know the challenge has been. Um, people are going to use their judgment and decide for themselves what they feel about the incident involving my wife. I think there's, you know, more to the story, and that's something that uh, she is pursuing uh, with the with the police department and the legal process um, uh, because uh, the, you know, the information. And even if you look at the videos, it's not, you know, crystal clear. Um, I think that, and I'll say this really for anybody, uh, the, the reaction of pepper spraying someone for four or five seconds full in the face uh, because of uh, maybe, you know, bad language or bad gestures uh, is something so far over the top, you know, I, I think it borders on uh, a crime, but I'll just leave that at that. The, the biggest thing for me, of course, has been, the, uh, I'm used to, you know, getting all of the nasty messages and, and people uh, criticism uh, when you when you get into these 
positions as an elected official, you go in knowing that. Uh, what you really hope is that people will be respectful and and leave your family out of it. And uh, the you know the the number of threats and the just the really terrible, awful messages that she has received is uh, you know makes me uh, extremely upset. I wish people would just stop doing that. And, um, you know, and she's, uh, from a vulnerability standpoint, you know, is concerned with really where it turned because of how, uh, you know, she feels targeted by the situation. So I'm, I'm fine with folks wanting to criticize me and uh, take out their anger and frustration on the mayor. That's why the mayor is here to try to make those things better. But uh, the family really should be off limits, I think. Yeah, and I, I will say I, I didn't really, you know, I, I'm getting texts, hey, it's your duty to bring this up with the mayor. And I'm just like, well, it's the mayor's wife, and I don't even know if it's going through a, a, a situation where somebody would be charged with something. But um, in in terms of, like, there and there's video out there that, like, I, I couldn't tell, you know, one way or the other what happened. But um, it, it probably does. It probably is one of them things where everyone's got your email, so you you probably get bombarded with with stuff like that. When in the grand scheme of things, if anyone else's wife had done that, uh, would it be news if somebody got pepper sprayed by somebody in a minivan? I don't I don't know. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that, Rick. I mean, I think I I've I've said my my words. There, she's working through the the uh, legal process, and there'll be more information to come and. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I think the nasty messages, uh, folks want to direct those anywhere. They can direct them to me because I know how to deal with those. They should really leave family out of it. I will say, t- Tim, uh, Mayor Tim Cabot on, on with us, 608-785-7914. I will say at least two months ago, I brought up uh, somebody brought up the idea that the uh, downtown stoplights were out of sync, and you had talked about how you were going to try to get those in sync, and it was going to cost quite a bit of money. And that's all thrown out the window. But my idea with the downtown stoplights was just to make the ones going towards the river red and make the ones going down the main drag yellow. We wouldn't have had any of this problem had you listened to me. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. It, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah, I don't know. I have all these great ideas. You guys never listen to any of them. But I did have a texter. No, he called during the break, but he couldn't stick on. But he said... uh with the roundabouts going in on the south side, uh, you know, down towards, I don't even think it's even past, by the A&W kind of in that area. There's a couple of roundabouts going in there, traffic circles. I don't know which ones they are. Um, but, roundabouts. Okay, and then going in that direction, are the are the lights out of whack down there too? Because uh, I've had a, a couple of instances where people have, have talked about these lights and they're hitting every red light. So I don't know. Is there a relation there with the roundabouts going in and those stoplights being out of sync too? Well, I, I don't know about that, but the, the when when South Avenue is redone, there will be three um, roundabouts installed, and it will move traffic because I believe there is a couple of the signalized intersections that are going to go away. So um, that that will improve traffic flow because there'll be less stopping and starting. It'll it'll be more, you know, constant traffic. Uh, but I don't know about what's going on right now. I mean the. The hardware and the traffic signals all around the city are, in some cases, 30, 40, 50 years old. So we're going to be spending, you know, more than a million bucks over the next couple of years to upgrade the technology so that those signals can talk to each other and hopefully uh, do a better job of just moving traffic 
uh, with with the green lights and and all that. Oh, I know. I I, I forgot the 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 speed limit in that area was lowered from forty to thirty five, I believe. So I don't know if those lights were synced to a forty mile per hour thing, but I think that was his issue. Is now that the speed limit oh. has changed, that if those lights were synced before, but I think all those lights are censored to a to a degree. So yeah, and I don't know the specifics for that, Rick. Yeah. I, I do. I do know that the speed limit was was lowered by the city council because of the uh, the amount of traffic, the, the volumes, and the speeds, and trying to deal with uh, safety issues there. And then also, obviously, we've got a project that's going to be happening in the next, uh, uh, you know, twelve to eighteen months to make that a, a better corridor. All right, Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot on with us. We're going to take one more quick break, and we'll wrap up. I just want to talk about some of the budget cuts and, and get into that when we come back right here on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Mayor Tim Cabot on with me. A lot of questions here, Mayor, and, and you even got some with the callers. Is the idea that, hey, are playgrounds open? Are public parks open? I'm getting a lot of those questions. And then, you know, the YMCA. The YMCA is a business, so if they're they're closed, they're closed. But... Uh, you know, essentially, if 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 the business is open, it's open. Are we are we thinking about, at all about opening like pools or anything? We we closed those for summer back in April. Is there any talk of doing yeah. switching that back around? Uh, I, I know the staff constantly monitors monitors that. I mean, at this point, no. The the plan is to keep the pools closed. Uh, we're we're looking at the beaches uh, and and trying to determine you know possible staffing there, but. But no, the 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 pools are are going to remain closed uh, at least right now. I mean, the staff, like I said, they're they're constantly monitoring and really trying to assess um, based on changes. So I guess you know I would just ask folks to stay patient and stay tuned um, because of you know that that uh, it seems like we've been just operating under uh, over the last few months. Things have been changing almost day to day. So uh, who knows? Um, all right, and then uh, obviously the, the the city has had to make, make some sacrifices in in the budget here, and and a lot of uh, you know talk about the, uh, the just just two of the things the, the the parks and rec has got a half million dollar budget cut now, and the library's got you know just over a half million dollars. Um, I, I, how tough of a situation is it to, to to make these cuts? Very difficult. I mean the the, the challenge with the economic downturn on top of the pandemic. Uh, really has, uh, you know, the, the level of services and uh, we're going to be doing, you know, layoffs and furloughs. Um, we're, we're doing everything we can to try to maintain those critical services. But when you have uh, impacts to departments that are primarily staff, you're, you are going to have changes to staff and, and therefore then changes to service. You're not going to see the same level of service at the same time uh, maybe as as before. So you know we've gotten a few calls from folks uh, uh, noting that you know the grass is growing maybe a little bit longer in the parks and and some of those things. You know, unfortunately, that's that's the reality that we face with um, having you know a pretty large hole blown in our budget in the middle of the year. So uh, next year, next year could even be worse with ex- expected cuts to state shared revenue. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really trying to plan this out for not only just the immediate. So these cuts right now, of course, are very challenging and difficult, but really looking at restructuring several departments and, and you know, looking at new or, organizational 
ways to get services done into next year and beyond. Um, and you just have 30 seconds here, so I don't even know. You could say, well, we have to get to this next time. But the, this, the, is there any talk of doing anything with the lacrosse center? And that's, and that's one of these big bills. Well, yeah, the, the, each department, the lacrosse center had to come up with a fairly significant cut as well. And they're, they're going through that. Their board is meeting, I believe, tomorrow to uh, determine what those are. So, yep, you know, every department had to, had to come up with some cuts, some of them larger than others. All right, Mayor, that's all the time I have. Thanks a lot for joining us and, okay. and, and putting up with everything. And, and good luck here as, as you don't get any sleep. All right, Rick. Take care. All right. That's, that was Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot. And that's all the time we have. I just went right up to the second that we could. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with District Attorney Tim Grinke.